One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze. Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm just turning the clocks away because I know you've got a piece to file, but... Yes, I do. But it's, it's creativity exists in an infinite and nebulous space, not between two random spots on a clock. An and if every time I talk, space. you stare at the clock. It, I've taken that clock behind me down because it's That's depressing. That's fine, and I didn't make any fuss about it or anything, okay? I just... It's like looking at the clock when someone's having sex. Are we rolling, Ben? We are. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Okay. Got, got all that bit. I actually think that this podcast is going to be very, very quick this week because I have got a brilliant idea for you. It is a conversation mic drop. It's like the best idea I've ever had for you, okay? Really? Yeah. The Times, page 31, in the world section, which I know you don't read because you can't be bothered. I get so irritated when I see the faces of all the columnists that I always stop at op-ed. School bag tells you which books to pack from one of my favourite correspondents, Richard Lloyd Parry in Tokyo. In Tokyo, yeah. I was going to say, it's not going to be, for example, Tom Kington in Rome. It is not. Because nothing has happened in Rome for 2,000 years. It's the new things to do with cheese and pasta. (laughs) No, Tom's stories are always, and I think he's the son of Miles, who was a mate of my dad's, and Tom Kington is a brilliant writer, but the stories are always... Wait, 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 hang on a second, hang on a second. Tom Kington is the son of Miles Kington. Yeah? No way! Surely. I don't know it for certain... But my prejudice leads me to suspect Miles Kington. What? No, I mean the weird thing would be because on the Times, no one gets their job from nepotism, so I, <laughs> I don't think it can be. But no, but mostly in Italy, it's every you know they, they've either dug up something interesting or every couple of weeks they've had a change of government. But apart from that, whereas it's just when you tell me that something technological has happened, it's very unlikely that Italians have invented something, isn't it? That's no, right. unless it's got something to do with the scooter, it's not going to be Italians. Okay, so right, school bag tells you which books to pack. A primary school boy has invented a satchel that uses department store technology to overcome the curse of young pupils everywhere, forgetting crucial books and kit in the rush to get ready in the morning. I slightly suspect that the boy who invented this does not have this problem. Anyway, Liam, and I am going to have a guess at his surname, Liam Vigfunkel, who is 11, is 11, and he's a Dutch-Japanese boy from oh, fine. Kashiwa. So you're, you're failing to read a Dutch name. Right? I am failing to read a Dutch name. Because you know, because to fail to be able to correctly read a Japanese name is borderline racism, whereas failing to read a Dutch name is funny and yes. completely normal and understandable. It, oh, Winkle. It's probably pronounced Smith, right? But I, that's how it's Anyway, he's, the, what's the he's, story? A, he's 11. 
And he's invented a, a school he has bag. He's invented, yep. He's a, he won a design competition organised by Japan, Japan's patent office. Okay, what it does, the backpack is equipped with a small laptop computer connected to a scanner, which is programmed with the information about the various books and equipment that its owner needs to take to school each day. Integrated circuit tags, which I think they use in department stores, are attached to the bag's contents, such as pencil case, notebook... Cut to the chase. So he picks up the bag and what does it do? It says, have you got your... As these are placed in the backpack, they're registered by the scanner and checked off by the computer. If anything is forgotten, a warning is displayed on the computer screen and enunciated enunciated by a synthesised voice. But this is great, but but that's fine in Japan. In Britain, we're struggling to give computers to kids that they can use as computers. You see, the column writes itself. Now, there are all sorts of other things that I think I, th- I think you could apply this technology to all sorts of other things. For example... You mean, I could, you mean a grown-up could have it for their bag? A grown-up so could, could, could have it for their bag? A grown-up could have it for their car? Expand, so you'd have a little funny thing about the children having it, but then it would be useful if one had it oneself. So I have it when I pack when I go away on business. And I put things in, it would shout, you know, remember your slippers, which I always take on holiday. Can't embarrassing if it said, you've forgotten the condoms. Yes, exactly. You've forgotten your hemorrhoid cream. Well, no, it would be, but that's a good joke too. But I was doing a different joke, which is gone now. I'll try it again. But it's fine. But if I was packing my bag and there you were packing the bag and my bag said, you've forgotten the condoms. And presumably you'll be needing the Viagra like last time and your special your special underpants and your dead cert shirt. And I go, yeah, no, no, I don't. I mean, what? Not unlike that episode of that excellent thing yesterday. Lupin. When he was smashing up the the Siri because it was in danger of busting. Yes, 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 yes. That's quite a good idea. Do you see a wider social point in there? There's a wider social thing about self-drive cars and surrendering everything to technology well I, although i admire this little boy this little 11 enterprising a little 11 year old boy liam beyond words i mean isn't that part of just like learning how to be a grown-up like remembering what to pack in your bag it's just further infantilization yeah i say respect that this guy is in that it's he's that it's he's in japan but he's dutch yeah because the japanese basically have invented everything he's half dutch he's half dutch it's it's the japanese half that's invented it it's the dutch (laughs) half that cycled home uh, and had a joint and opened up its mind and had a piece of edam right it's the japanese one that came up with the idea it's the dutch half that forgot everything because it was everything was so cool although his father didn't go to school till they're 12 in holland anyway do they They start having sex before technically they start reading so um, they don't need such a bag this is a joke i'm making so don't squash it. Sorry. Give it a bit of space to breathe. Okay. Okay, now carry on. Okay. But Liam's father is a Dutch IT specialist. So he's just got it, you know, he's got a Japanese Dutch mother. Dutch IT, he's that's got... on bicycle computers. Yeah. On bicycle computers and electric vapes that have like, what's it called? Every time, Esther, you'll gradually yeah. learn this. When you say Dutch, yeah. you make a joke about cheese, a joke about bicycles and a joke about sex. But what about tulips or bacon? And tulips and marijuana. And bacon. Bacon is Denmark. Oh, yeah. And don't oh. waste bacon on Holland because Denmark has fuck all else apart from the bacon. <laughs> so you have, it's like Belgium. Chips. Chocolate. Cheese. They don't have cheese in Belgium. Why do they, they don't have, have I don't know. Cheesy chips love, in Belgium. We'll make it, I mean. No. Beer, beer, muscles. Beer, beer and muscles. Muscles, yes. muscles and chips. You, it's petty racism. It's the, it's the, it's the Fonz at Origo, every column I ever really write. Yeah. Like last week when I, I did it on the podcast and then in a column and on the radio, the uh, hilarious um, thing about foreign variants and everybody loved it everybody it was loved hilarious. it yeah. and, and, I, and I remember I said to Ben as we, we uh, did it's so British no, I, I went into the thing I went to Ben did you did you because Ben edits the, this podcast just before I you know go on do the radio show Ben did I do the whole uh, did, you do, did that make it into the podcast the stuff and he went yes and I went good and then did it anyway because it was so funny
I insta-messaged something. Who? T- oh, my God. Not insta-messaged, sorry. Oh. What's it called? Stories. Yeah, no, what? I storied something which did surprisingly well. Oh. Well, first of all, I insta-storied the picture of um, Michael Douglas with the baby. Yeah, that was fine. And put, initially thought the old goat had had another one. He's only 106 after all. But, and that did quite well. What did better? I know better. It's the, the, there's a story in the mail. It, 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 was, it was... Oh, it, the thing about... Yeah. It's, it, it, the story in the mail where poor old Hancock has got the coronavirus. Uh, well, he hasn't, sorry. Hancock has been pinged by the stupid app that nobody apart from Matt Hancock has. Yeah. He's been pinged and told to isolate. And the right wing, uh, the, the deniers, the COVID deniers like dear old Julia Hartley Brewer, furious because he's already had it and shouldn't have to isolate. And the male's conflated two things. The male has some photos of him playing rugby in the park. And it's gone scrum and dumber. Hancock has to isolate after park game. And because everyone has just has been mashing on Hancock for a year, until now, I think if you asked... A lot of people, what's the virus? They think it was a thing that Hancock made. They think it's Hancock's fault that the virus exists, you know? And it's not Matt Hancock's fault. And he's just the health secretary. And I, I Anyway, I've gone on and on and on, had a massive go at him time after time. But then there's pictures of him playing rugby in the park. The male has a go. He's got to isolate because of the stupid matter. And I thought, they look a bit young. Oh, they're his kids. Matt Hancock went to Queen's Park... Just him, just his two children, his boys, who looked to me, I don't know, both under 10, played a bit of rugby. That's not where he got it. They've, it's a false association, scrum and dumber. Hancock has to isolate on the part. I tweeted or Instagram, whatever, bollocks to you, Daily Mail, you mean shit fucks. He was playing with his kids. Mm-hmm. And people seem to agree with me. And I've had replies, clap, clap, clap. I just wondered, a big and brave, difficult column would be, is it time to give Matt Hancock a break? I don't know what how I would as long as you're not giving Gavin Williamson a break I don't care what you do well one could do that one could be quite bored no 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 sorry sorry, no no, no, no. it's not his fault that your kids aren't at school yes it is it's not yes it is it's not it is whose fault is it okay whose fault is it Boris Johnson's fault no Matt Hancock's fault no no because there's a massive spike in things and Anyway, leaving aside Gavin Williamson, which I just mean that, that's all. I just mean, is it time to give? Are there other any? I don't know. I was just. It's poor old Matt Hancock has gone to play with his kids, which you're allowed to and should do, and he's tried to have a bit of space, and they 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 make out like he's got COVID from it. I was okay. So what? Yeah, yep. No, that's a very nice idea. You are also not. You are also not not not. You know, lockdown. Yeah. We we all have our swings and roundabouts to lockdown, and we all have our days when we cannot cope anymore and it's really stressful and it's really stressful for everyone for different reasons everyone has their cross to bear you had a small very small very brief like 10 minute kind of nervo last night and so maybe you're in a good place to have a had to kind of let off some steam about you say nervo i very rationally and sanely and quietly lay on the floor and said i can't do this anymore Mm -hmm. and of course it was all it's all much easier than most of what other people have to do but i don't know that i can Okay, right. Um, so let's change the subject to your antibody test. No, but why? I thought we were going to talk about this oh, Matt Hancock Hancock. column. What, whether so, I... so what I'm saying is that actually it might be quite, you know, it might be a, quite a release, quite a cathartic to discuss something. But what is? How do you relate it to back to yourself? Um, when you when you say let's give man, Matt Hancock a break, as you look at this guy, pictures of this guy playing rugby in a muddy park with his kids, I, do you really mean it's time to give me a break? Um, yes, I suppose I do. But no one is actually giving me a hard time. They're just voices in my head. But the thing is, Giles, that one of the reasons why a lot of people are finding lockdown so difficult is because they feel like they don't deserve uh, rabbit ears to be 
having a bad time. And the research that I've been doing for a piece I'm writing about sleep is there's the kind of, it's almost, it's, it's, it's not relative, you know, it's personal to people. And just because you have a house and your job is quite straightforward and, you know, the kids have been quite good about their remote learning and all that stuff, it doesn't mean that you can't be having a bad time. Well, that is always, that's a slightly separate thing and it's interesting. There is always the denial. Do you remember the Guardian leader about two years ago when David Cameron's biography came out and it talked about privileged pain? Yeah, yeah. He talked about the death of Ivan and the Guardian and the whole of the stupid fucking English left sort of mocked Cameron for losing a child in that horrible, terrible way because it wasn't really painful. I'd forgotten about privileged pain. Yeah, that was really bad. And But the thing is that you don't, you you know... But that's not what... So the point okay. is, that's not really... doesn't tie into the Hancock thing so much. It's just I'm having a bad time con- compared to the rest of my life, how it normally is, and then people say, oh, but you're so privileged. I don't know where we can go with that. We'll move on from that, yeah? Yes. I've got lots of things. Have you got other things you want to... I mean, look, for example, I was just tickled by this. It's not really anything. But there were, there were lots of stories along the bottom. They, they used the, 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 the coronavirus in brief. And there's people who've been busted is now a thing. And there's, there was one... There was politicians' drinks lead to suspension. And it was Welsh Labour has suspended a former minister for drinking wine in a Senate tea room four days after pubs were told to stop selling alcohol. Uh, and he names the people who did it. And there's these three... Paul Davis, Darren Miller and Paul Smith, the leader, chief whip and chief staff, the Welsh stories on December the 8th. They, 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 they each had a glass of wine and they've and been busted. They've been busted and they're in trouble. And then there was rail staff partied in Shut Station Cafe, a railway company. <laughs> a railway company is investigating claims that staff held a baby shower in a closed patisserie Valerie bakery at Marylebone Station. Mm. And they're doing them, they're busting them, they're losing their jobs. And for... I saw Goody Mavis with the devil. But it's, well, it's, it's a railway company. It's partied is in the headline <laughs> and it's a baby show it's a, in a closed patisserie Valerie bakery at Barry. and I just thought to myself basically the 10 worst reasons to bust lockdown I mean a drink with three bad breath Welsh politicians in a glass of wine in a tea room a party in a closed patisserie Valerie this is what they've come to they, there was who was it who they I mean who were the big busts there have been a couple of footballers have gone Rita to orgies Aura. Rita Ora having a party for a million in a, all the stars going okay, off to Kay Burley, they've done them all. Now they've come down to, to people, to a woman, some people, a young mum getting some presents for her kid in a closed How does that make you battery. feel? Does that make you feel more or less I'm just thinking inclined that, that, to bust that. lockdown? Okay, so let's brainstorm a couple of the worst, the worst, most hilarious reasons for breaking lockdown. You know, Going it's like, to Barney Castle. What was it called? Bar- oh, no, Bar- no, no, never make a joke about that again. No? Is that, no, that's no, no, no. Boring. Number, oh, so boring. Drivel. Never mention Dominic Cummings. Never mention the stupid castle. Just the eyesight joke. No, we know the difference between a joke and a hackneyed piece of old bullshit. Okay. And we will not be doing that. And that's why okay. we're not making jokes about Matt Hancock anymore. It's okay. too the egg-faced little twat. It's not, a, it's not funny anymore. Well, if it's like that, I'm going to have to go upstairs and rewrite my whole piece for tomorrow. <laughs> that's about Blair, isn't it? Yeah, if you think I haven't put old jokes in there about oh, right. Blair, then... As long as there's nothing about evangelical grin or any of that kind of stuff. There totally is. Is there? Yeah. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Past Imperfect with Rachel Sylvester and Alice Thompson, a weekly series of in-depth interviews with high-profile figures examining how overcoming the challenges of their early lives shaped the people they've become. This week, rapper and songwriter Professor Green talks candidly about being raised on an East London council estate by his grandmother, his drug dealing, and how his father's suicide made him re-evaluate his own life. The one thing that I have in common with a lot of my, my friends who come from similarly disadvantaged backgrounds is that we all carry on. And at the end of the day, no matter what happens, if you're still alive, I don't think there's anything really left to do but carry on. Past Imperfect with Rachel Sylvester and Alice Thompson. Professor Green, in his own words, now available as a podcast. Listen on the Times Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I really want to get onto this thing about successful actors more likely to misidentify as working class. Right. But before we get onto that, I quite like Mary. There's a Mary Berry small item. Look how I've cut them all out. Great pandemic bacon. Dame Mary. When did she get that? Uh, 74 maybe. years ago. <laughs> uh, Dame Mary Berry, she was, she was given it by Edward IV. <laughs> Dame Mary Berry, 148, has said, and, and which is all good because being old is great, um, has said the pandemic has taught bakers to adapt when it comes to home cooking. Berry, 712, a judge on BBC One's forthcoming celebrity best home cook, said the past 10 months have taught us all to use what's in the fridge and store cupboard and to adapt if something wasn't available. Shopping once a week is a great lesson in not wasting food. So we've learnt to cook from what's in the cupboard. Okay. Some recipes. So here are some recipes, exactly. Okay, great. So what... what, but what? A roast anchovy. <laughs> <laughs> for your Sunday lunch, for example. With a side of... Oh, what have we got for greens? Ben- uh, uh, Grass. Uh, um, well, this bread at the back of the fridge isn't looking too good. Great. Boom, boom. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, uh, what else have we got? You know, it's just stuff in the fridge yeah. that never. Oh, this old. What did I find? Gingerbread mix from three years ago. Yeah, which I did actually. And I took it out of the found it in the back of the larder, which was just doing a bit of a rearrange for that sixty-eighth bag of potatoes you got on the Ocado, which we eat. Yeah. And there was the gingerbread cake mix, and I looked at the date, and it was uh, December, and I thought, yeah, it's not so long. Twenty seventeen. Yeah. And I brought it out to throw away. Oh, maybe I'll make gingerbread today. You didn't, did you? No. Do you know what? I I looked at the back of the packet and it was full of such utter crap. The e-numbers. It it was things I'd literally never heard of. But it was a kind of flour for making gingerbread, okay? Yeah, it's a pre-mix. In lockdown, when you can't get to the shops and you have to make lasagna, Mm -hmm. make it from the gingerbread mix. (laughs) Gingerbread lasagna. This is really good. 
good. This is really good. This is really funny. And this is good. This, yeah. this is good. This is really good. We have we have forty eight bottles of cherry juice back from when I thought I had gout, gout. and the cure. No, was, no, 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 darling, you did have gout. But I secured it with. You um, cured it with cherry juice. I cured it by the world being locked down, and not going out and having fun. That's true. You can't get gout in lockdown. No. That's one of my complaints. Where are you going to get the scallops, the prawns? You can't get syphilis either. It's terrible. Eighteenth <laughs> century diseases are simply not possible to get. Um, but the um, but the but the cherry. So we've got we've got gallons and gallons of ancient cherry juice. When you stand up the bottles because they're lying mm. in the wine racks, they've got this terrible sediment and they they've all gone off. The, so with the cherry juice, you can make. A delicious gravy. A delicious cherry juice gravy to go to, with your uh, to go with your tahini and chickpea roast. Yes, perfect with your Brussels sprout surprise. <laughs> That's always there, and uh, you're laughing more than you normally would because you want Ben to put this in, make him think it's funny, so you can go and write your piece. I've seen right through. No, I can't. I cannot manufacture a laugh like that. No, it's, it's spontaneous. True, it's so basically, yes. So <laughs> bullshit recipes that Mary Berry would make yeah, out of your life. Something larder. disgusting done with fish fingers. Don't look at the clock. Oh, you, you're not. No, I was looking at the larder for inspiration. Okay. So the. Um, Shall I go and look in the larder for inspiration? Yes, you could do. So like, you could. So what are the, all the things we stockpiled? We stockpiled pasta well, it's, flour. You've got, wait, you've got to be careful not to do stockpile jokes. Because that's. But they were done. Are you as bored with stockpile jokes as you are with Donald Trump's? The hair joke. Why well, too? I'm as bored with Gavin Williamson jokes as I am with uh, Trump jokes right. and store cupboard jokes. So not not store cupboard jokes, but yeah. but but uh, stock hiding jokes. Oh, but you do have to have a joke about making something funny with Lero. Come on. No, that's, that's that's a 2020 joke. No, it's just it's just the things you. Can, so what do you want to make? You want to make um, a uh, salad. No, you want to make something like a, 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 a beef Wellington. Right. Okay. But what you've got is deliciously and a bircher muesli, which you can roll around these mouldy old bananas. Right. Then instead of a dukesel <laughs> of mushrooms, you make a dukesel of spaghetti hoops. Chop, 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 chop. Then you roll it all up in the bread that you've made from your gingerbread mix, bake it in the oven, and you feed it to that awful little bunny. You've got to do this. You've got to do this. Uh, jo- uh, Paul Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah. I think that's really funny. Um, it, it's like if you want to. My new um, restaurant. Vi- how do you make Vichy Soirs when all you've got is a pot of peanut butter and a half drunk can of Diet Coke? You mix them together. You and you say here. And it's supposed to be cold. Yeah, you take your gums out because when you're 376, you can't see or taste the difference. And it doesn't matter because everyone's lost their sense of taste. Exactly. Let's just talk very briefly and let's maybe like lower the tone a bit and not lower the energy a bit and talk about um, the the um, the story about the class. So right. it was, I liked it very much. It's, the Times story was successful actors more likely to misidentify as working class. And I immediately just laughed because I just thought of all those actors and God knows, economists and everybody. And I just flicked through until I got, I got to... Michael Sheen, who was the one I was looking for. That's who we mean. The Welsh actor Michael Sheen, who finds it difficult to pigeonhole himself. His father was a manager with British Steel and his mother was a secretary. But he told an interviewer, I came from a working class town. My family is a working class family for generations. Mm-hmm. And then Steve Coogan, whose father worked as an IBM engineer and whose mother was a housecar, said, I'd like to claim I was a horny-handed son of the toil, but it was a more lower... We didn't have a... Why did he want to claim he was one? It's because with this victim culture where everyone mm-hmm. is a victim, all the privileged people don't... They want to be saying, I did deserve it and what this right. was was a story it's so it's fascinating but the times had taken it from a, a sam friedman opinion piece in the guardian the day before why do so many professional middle-class brits insist they're working class 
this is a survey, this is a big survey. While in most Western countries people tend to identify as middle class, Britain has long been an intriguing outlier. According to the British Social Attitude Survey, 47% of Britain's middle class professional and managerial jobs identify as working class. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mike, a partner in accountancy, who said his father, his father was an architect, but he says he was a technician made good, really. Mm-hmm. And then he says, no, but you want to talk about my grandmother who worked in a mill. Um, it's also striking. So everyone wants to be thought of as having pulled themselves up by their bootstraps. I know that feeling. My father was the son of a... My grandfather didn't really do anything. My dad used to say plumber to make it sound respectable. But my dad obviously made a great journey. and Never played on it. Wanted to pass as middle class, but made a journey from lower, yeah. lower middle working class. I, I, on the other hand, I feel that I haven't moved things on from my dad, but I can't get away with, like, almost every other Times columnist pretending that I come from working class roots because everyone knows that my dad was, was posh, or was middle class. It's also striking that such misidentification was higher among the actors and te- television uh, professionals we spoke to. This is not coincidental. There is argue a, arguably a particular market for downplaying privilege in these professions. Not only are these arenas disproportionately dominated by the privilege with class and increasingly blah, 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 blah. blah. They've unearthed this truth that right. middle class people are poncing around pretending to come from working class origins and they've identified actors as guilty of it. I have identified columnists as guilty of it. You know who I think they are. I wouldn't dare possibly name them. But people who shtick week after week after week after week is about their old. And often they'll pick just a grandparent. They can have on one side, they can be the Duke and Duchess of Devonshire. On the other side, they'll have a dad who's perfectly middle class and a mum whose mum went out to clean houses and then it's their working class and I'm working class and I come from... Uh, like, I'm, I'm and very, and very... I, come, I'm so, I feel so guilty. And they'll make, every time I eat sushi, I think of my nan who grew up eating weasels and you just think, <laughs> no one gives a fuck, shut up. Or they'll tell their host, I grew up on a council estate and it turns out that it wasn't really a council estate. Right. Oh, my dad was a truck driver. No, he wasn't. He was a Formula One driver. It was James Hunt. And they just sort of... <laughs> they, they just And it's because they feel they're not funny enough. They're not good enough actors, not good enough columnists to be able... They have what the Our Guardian piece calls the meritocratic human hubris okay to claim working class descent they're so privileged these people so privileged that they feel entitled to steal the right. backstory of people less privileged than themselves mm. uh and so and they've identified a michael sheen wanging on about it stephen coogan wanging on about it, all these columnists they want to say that because they want to be in touch with that thing they don't want people cancelling them for being privileged so right. they say but it's the epitome of privilege and this is me then extemporising right. that. And then I was like, do you want to hear my fucking backs? Do you want to hear where I fucking came from? And then make a story up about my childhood. I mean, make up where I really come from. I remember it wasn't even actually even Cripplewood. Even back in it, years and years ago, 15 years ago. Uh, I mean, let that stupid cat in while you talk. Years and years ago. If I got up and let the cat in while he was talking, he would literally... Iris! Iris! Blow, explode me and then kill the cat. No, you yawn and look at your watch and I'm more interested in the cat. What do you want? Are you having a full nervous breakdown? No. Okay. Um, I'm the only one who admits. I, my background is exactly the same as all the people of whom I speak. But I admit, as we've talked about before, I admit to having a cleaner. I admit to sending my children to private school. I admit to having been to Oxford or Cambridge. These kinds of things. Um, you don't call Oxford University college. College. Yeah, when I was at college. <laughs> when I was at college. When I, when I, said, when I was at a big comprehensive outside slough. Eaten. Eaten. Well, uh, it's, it's, called, it's called, you know, it's called dropping the E-bomb. No, I, do that. I do that. I do that. I do that. I do that. But it's, it's um, no, I just mean, uh, whereas most other economists will all pretend not to have them because they're so afraid. And indeed, people do shout below the line. They yodel, privilege, privilege. But I write about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so therefore, maybe I, maybe I should stop and change my story. Yes, great. 
be more like Michael Sheen. Your point of the ultimate privilege being 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 so it's it, it's how uh, it's it's why you know to be able to swagger about confidently claiming that you're working class mm. or that you are from nowhere nowhere nowheresville in mm. the middle of a rainy hillside welsh look, farm like my mother who would you look never, at you doing it who would, no, no, no 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 i would never do that i would never do that but my mother would never it, you would have yeah. to drag it out of her massive snob and she well, didn't own a pair I, of shoes massive snob. didn't own a pair of shoes till she was 38 and lived on worms and she's still a massive snob and looks down no. at very very posh people no. saying he's not as grand as he thinks he is and so she's a massive snob yes so it it really is. You know, if you if you genuinely grew up with a dirt floor and didn't speak English until you were like ten, then you don't go around going, "Oh well, I was so proud of my." I mean, she is. It's fine. She was a farmer's daughter. Mm. It's, it's fine. But she's not going to go about telling everybody about it. She'd much rather, on first meet, people thought she was a lovely lady. It's interesting. It was interesting that it comes back to Badil's point about. The only victimhood that no one cares about is Jews. And the example would be my mother, who just still, 80 years on, doesn't want anyone to know she's Jewish because they'll look down on her. But if she were working class, it would be a whole kind of, oh, it's the way my my dad lost both arms in a ploughing accident or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's... uh, it's, 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 No, but your your extrapolated point that... that, um, it, it, yes, that they are appropriating the, the stories of the tr- of the true working classes, yeah. who uh, who who I doubt very much would would uh, go on. There and is on a about sort of sentiment uh, out there on the media in the media, which is increasingly disqualifying yeah. the privileged from having an opinion. And it's mm. not a weepy weepy cancel culture point that I'm making. It's fine. It should be done. What they should do is fucking fire everybody. Yeah. Start again with. Working class people, black people, yeah, whatever. But, you'd have to pay but, them but what they're though. doing you'd is everyone. You'd have to pay them properly. Well, That's why they can't get anyone. And so, but what they're them. doing is they're staying with the same old people who are all just pretending to be that. Anyway, fuck them. <laughs> Uh, it sounds like that's what you want to write. Yeah, I think it might be a bit too difficult. There are easier pieces to do, like the Mary Berry. I think we've done really well. And so Ben's nodding, and I think this is, that's probably... This Can I have one other thing which I think is funny? It was an idea that was not unlike that one. Yeah. You liked this one at the time, when we discussed it before in this podcast that we don't plan, because it is in itself the planning. Remember where you give all the ideas to me for my columns? Yeah. Um, oh, there's two. There's two. I mean, there's Johnson's Power Nap. Boris Johnson likes power nap. And we've got enough, you're saying, for the podcast. We've got enough. And I, I'm not right. sure I've got the energy for two more. Okay, fine. Oh, okay. And I do have to file. I've got a file. Okay, well, esther has got a file copy, so I'll just tell you a couple of ideas which I thought were great. Oh, can I go? I'm gonna no, go. no, you fucking sit there. Okay, all right, sorry. What time is... Oh, just... <laughs> <laughs> the clock's gone. I have to turn around. It's 20 past two. Idiot. You've been listening to Giles Corrin Has No Idea with me, Giles Corrin. And me, Esther Walker. It's a Times podcast produced by Ben Mitchell. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We're available on Acast, Spotify, Apple and more. To find out what I wrote about in the end, read the Times on Saturday. There's a link in the podcast description. And for the full live experience, tune in to my new radio show on the all-new Times radio station on Fridays from 1 till 4. Listener.